0: you're drinking body armor. They're not sponsoring us.
1: <laughs> also, I immediately thought under armor and I was I'm like am just drinking
0: neoprene. It seems extremely uncomfortable to drink. Uh no, it's body armor. It's really great. I love it. Are they not sponsoring us? I wish they were cuz you sound just like they're sponsoring. I know. Us. It's I really do though. I love it dearly. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sports drink but it's like coconut water. Ugh. It's great body armor it's great it's It's great great. (laughs) sponsor us
1: (laughs) how have you been other than the the sickness the encroaching sickness it's just ridiculous
0: (laughs) it is ridiculous i really hate it it's terrible so i mean but other than that yeah i'm doing really good I'm, i'm coming back you know, i have a I have a meditation story to share, and I've been sitting on it because I haven't had one of these. in No, a while. it's been a fucking minute. I really have to figure out how to unpack
1: this. Mm. Does it continue on your last? Uh, yes. What happened last? Okay, should we do a refresher? Like, okay. last time on.
0: Well, yeah, last time that I had contact, I just I I'm saying this, and it sounds insane. It's just so bizarre, and like the thing is, is that it's like I'm not directly thinking of this. It's like I put this story together through pieces that I get. So it's not like the whole time I'm, like, imagining this story. I always have to kind of unpack my meditations. Mm. And so after this one ended, a couple of days were still going by when I was like, holy shit. Where we last left off, Yoxen laid down. Yeah. And then, like, there was this hawk, you know. And that's kind of where we left off. Well, so on this one, and I was doing the spirit guide meditation. I'm in the, the garden you know, that you get to mm, eventually. Mm-hmm. And Yaxen's there, but he's a spike. He's a young oh. caribou. And like <laughs> I mean, he's like he's very adolescent. Little baby yaks. Yeah. And he was kind of knobby, you know, but I it, he was just this little animal that this mm. he was there and I knew who it was, you know. He's not a like a, a I don't know what they're a foal. He's coming back a little bit. He's like he's like a teenager. Caribou. Yeah. Basically, through like this message that I got from Yaxen. Basically, his life cycle has started over. I was wondering if that's what it... Yeah. Yeah, and it's like basically... And he's he's a teenager now. And Mm -hmm. the reason I've not been able to focus all winter is because he was just a fawn. He's my personification or like he is my spirit. Mm -hmm. I've not been able to meditate and I've not been able to focus. And I've been so scatterbrained and didn't have a lot of strength and Mm -hmm. energy this winter because I was a fawn. Very interesting. It's very interesting. And I'm wondering what role the
1: hawk plays well
0: hawks as like a totem hawks are immensely solitary Mm. it's different it's like yoxin's my guide but this hawk is my guardian Mm. and because it and i would picture these wings all winter like in subliminal flashes like anytime i felt threatened or like i'd turn my back like Mm -hmm. i said before i would cleanse and things would feel Mm -hmm. i would imagine these wings just unfolding and just being like a shield right like i've stopped doing that Mm. and it's like it's there for me when I need it the most. When yoxen has gone. Wow, yeah. I don't need him anymore. Yeah. Then- I'm so... I'm very glad that that's how this ended up. Yeah.
1: In that it wasn't just a, um, a complete departure. No.
0: It, it's basically... And it, it kind of... Follows the maiden mother mm-hmm. chrome yeah. cycle, you know? And like, that's what I was thinking. It was like a little imbal stumbling calf. Comes yeah. Her, and it's like, and them. that's kind of what he was. You know, he was kind of all, you know how little like hoofed animals are. Their knees are Wobbly. real knobbly. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he was older, you know, but he still had that awkward teenager yaksin yeah.
1: look, you know? Like when a puppy is, a, is about six months old. They don't quite look like a puppy. Anymore, yeah. But they're not a dog. Yeah. They're just somewhere in between. And
0: it's just so bizarre because it's like, I don't know his voice. I just, Receive knowledge. It's like it just becomes things I know, mm. and so it was. It's just it's very interesting how all of these things line up. And of course, I understand it's very possible that my brain is just forming this explanation, but it doesn't feel like it. Right? It feels like my soul explained to me what's going on right. through the personification of Yaxin. It's right. just that it picked that symbol to use to talk to me. Mm. I feel like with the coming winter mm-hmm. next year I'll understand. Yeah. And be able to prep for it better. And that's a lot of what all of this is about in our first year
1: really, I guess, of, of doing this. And not just our first year of the podcast, but our first real year Act- of, of practicing. Of practicing yeah. and understanding. And I hit mine sort of around sawin time. But yeah. but even then I wasn't really talking to you about it necessarily. Yeah. And there's still so much to learn. And every season you hit, everything you hit, it's your first one. So yeah. now that that's coming to a close, now the experience building part comes in. Yeah. And that's exciting to look forward to and, and think, well, oh, I know last year, this is how I handled it. Yeah. And it worked, you know, so it's it's exciting. To, it's exciting to grow. It, it really
0: is. and And I think I'm just going to get... Better and better at handling things mm. because like you said, you know, you get that added experience mm-hmm. and then you can apply it yeah, and then you can build on it. And yeah, and then eventually you just know what you you're doing. know what's going on. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you just can actively move and take measures you need to take to keep sane, mm. which, you know, <laughs> helps. <laughs> it helps to be sane.
1: You know. Sometimes. <laughs> I guess. Oh, my goodness. So, I've heard you have an interesting topic. I have a doozy. Tell me about
0: it. All right. I have a historical episode. Oh, fuck yeah! But this one is a villain. I love the villains. Oh, oh, I'm excited. This one's a full villain. Matthew Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. The Witchfinder General? Matthew Hopkins. This, in my opinion, this absolute dickhead... He was a serial killer. Is he worse than than Cotton Mather? Oh, infinitely. Oh. I came to a crossroads. But I eventually came to a solution that made me feel very smug and happy. So... (laughs) Which is always good. It's the best state to be in. Yeah, smug, and smug and happy. Smug and happy. <laughs> I was like, I almost don't even want to give him the time of day to talk about him. But at the same time, I'm talking about him on our pagan podcast. Right, And yeah. it's the ultimate revenge. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. No, this is... We Somewhere have to this. his spirit's very upset. Yes, just... <laughs> rah, 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 fussy. <laughs> it's just insane. And I had first heard about him on <laughs> Lore, which is so good. I'm Aaron Mankey. Oh, I just wanted to say it. And this... Is a Oh, he's so cute. Uh, but, you know, as like infinitely better researched, uh, <laughs> you know, podcast it is, it's short. So I wanted to kind of do a, a big long chunk on Matthew mm. Hopkins, because I also think that um, history is always important to keep at the forefront of our minds mm. to remember how insane humanity can be in my opinion for sure what is it those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it yeah this is how i feel about it because this is which trial mentality the most dangerous that Mm. i've ever read anytime there's a panic mixed with a mass of people
1: and it kind of creates that hive mind oh shit can get real
0: bad oh yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to dive in. Go, I'm, I'm go for I'm ready to it. tell this dude Do it. I want to hear it. Sitting like all crisscross applesauce <laughs> in my little chair, and I have my big-ass book, and I'm ready to tell you this
1: If it were story. nighttime, this would be a wonderful little, like, sit down, kids. Sit down. Gather around <laughs> for I have news. By the way, I left all of that sit down kids stuff in the last episode. And no one knows what it means. Maybe we should explain. We're going to, I feel like we're going to say this from time to time. Clarky, He was doing a mic check for us and getting all of our tech stuff set up. And he just said, all right, I'm going to tell a story. Sit down, kids. Sit down, kids. Oh, that's he meant to say, like, gather round, kids. Sit down, kids. (laughs) Sit
0: down, kids. So that's where that was. So let's, let's tell this ridiculous story. I'm so ready. Ugh. In 1603, mm. uh, Scotland and England were united. And so on the scene arises King James. Mm. We know who King James is. We're familiar. And uh, formerly he was the King of Scotland, young King of Scotland, but he became James the I of England. So he was like obsessed with all things the occult, but not like in a, like, in a good interested way. way, in a it's going to kill us all way. Ooh, and yeah. yeah that's not good when the king has that mentality. Yeah. Okay, so that's this is issue number 1. This is, this is already a problem. He studied the pitfalls of witchcraft and dark magic and he wrote this bestseller called demonology. Fueled the witch fear even worse. I mean, um I would like to buy this and read this right t- today. And so the public read it, of course, and then like the witch mania got into overdrive cuz the fucking king wrote this book. Yeah. So six- abusive power there. Yeah, no. It it just made things worse. Okay, so in 1604, James convinced Parliament to pass, like, this bill, I guess, called the the Witchcraft Statute. <laughs> which basically ruled witchcraft a crime punishable by death. <laughs> like, he was just like, you know what, this shit's so serious, we gotta pass this law to where it's like, we're gonna kill all these witches.
1: I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna venture to guess that they don't actually go through the trouble of defining what
0: witchcraft is. Though. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> no so corrupt being awake past midnight this story dude it will make you mad because that's the thing i finished it and i was fucking pissed (laughs) the fear and paranoia just builds for decades Mm. okay it's just like this and it it comes to a head 1644 40 years have passed and it's just been like brewing Mm. this paranoia of you know witchcraft and things 40 years 40 years that's some time to steep yeah in which walks in Matthew Hopkins stage left. Jerry he comes in, okay? <laughs> he was a lawyer, granted a a starving one. He was like real Puritan. Oh my. Like my skin's crawling. But he was also literally an evil person. So just put those two things together. So he was kind of using using spirituality
1: or his spirituality as a guide.
0: see in my mind you know what, i'm gonna summarize it at the end i'm gonna say my piece at the end you
1: know what, you this. i'm gonna stop interrupting you because i'm gonna have thoughts oh so. i'm gonna do we're
0: gonna have some shit to talk about okay <laughs> so he moved to manning Tree, essex uh in 1644 uh and made it his life's mission to mm-hmm. destroy anything tied to the works of the devil Mm. Anything he deemed tied to the works of the devil, Broad. or so he claimed. Mm. His quest began in his own goddamn town. Okay, easy enough. So he states that he overheard several women talking amongst themselves. Okay, one, it's not your business. They're not talking to you. You're probably just mad at them because they're not talking to yeah. you. Yeah, well, you he's
1: just... mad because it's a group of women. He's talking. such a nice guy. Like that's what I picture.
0: God. Does he have like an old fedora? On, I feel like, like... he does. I feel like he does. In, like, a time of, like, two of, like, gentleman's mustache, he has, like, a scraggly one because he can't he, grow it. Ew. And he, like, sent them, like, a, a drawn portrait of his dick. Yeah. Like, unsolicited. unsolicited. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, Yeah. So he says that he overheard these ladies not talking to him, but talking amongst themselves <laughs> about their meetings with the devil. Oh, obviously that they've just been doing.
1: If you let's say you are in a group where you're doing stuff like this, and you know that this is a hysteria, you know people, you're obviously going to go to a bar and yell about it, real yeah. Loud. No, it's obviously, exactly.
0: <laughs> he heard all of this happen, and I have to say, no, he didn't. <laughs> this story happens in just a few years. A lot happens in just a few years. Mm-hmm. Then he starts this wave of accusations because as we know these witch trial type things just spread like wildfire because Mm. someone would get accused and try to save their own hide and accuse somebody else and it was just a mess so he started it because he accused these women Mm. okay it winds up this witch trial that he started has 23 women killed we already start here 19 were hanged and four died in prison Okay, we're not talking, like, total deaths here. We're talking, this is how it starts? No, that was, the witch trial that he started ended with 23 women dead. Okay. But that's not his only witch trial that he started. Okay, figured there was more.
1: Jesus, how many 29 were hanged? 23. 19 were
0: hanged and four died in prison. (sighs) What would you rather? I'd rather just be hanged. I'd rather be hanged. That time, a prison Jesus. Yeah. By 1645, Matthew dubbed himself the Witchfinder
1: general <laughs> ew i hate that lamp. oh isn't did. he
0: the worst okay no this dude sucks like what yeah and he stated that that's he, like picking your own nickname yeah no he called himself the witch finder general what a dick oh he's horrible and he stated he was hired by parliament to uh to hunt uncover and punish witches mm. it was his job mm. so he who uh, paid him for this I'll tell you. Okay. I'm sorry. You, you, okay. Dude, it's so horrible that this just happened. So he traveled with a a literal entourage Uh. who were deemed the lady prickers. Wait, I'll Mm. explain. Okay. So, and they traveled from town to town all over Eastern England and, um, the lady prickers examining, trying and killing women Uh. and some men for 20 shillings a town. Which was a lot of money to just blow through and kill people and kill people. This happened. This is like hit man. No, it's some sh- insane. Is- and so in the oh. and these were rural towns, and the, the paranoia and hysteria mm. was worse in these areas. Mm-hmm. So basically, a town would be like, "Oh, we need them to come because if they've look how many they caught in that town, we have this many in this town. Who knows how many we have?" Yeah, unfortunately, and very ridiculously, this became a lucrative business. Mm. They were making murder a business. Yeah. I mean, anything legally that
1: causes panic. You know? I, in my
0: opinion, he was a serial killer that found a legal found way to his kill. Way. Yeah. And getting paid so much, like funded this obsession that he had. Mm. Um, and history paints him essentially as like a man obsessed with like this crusade to eliminate witchcraft. But I don't believe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think he was a psychopath. I think he was a serial killer who found like a loophole yeah. in the system. He had a lot of methods that he would use. And he would, he pulled several from demonology, the book that the fucking king wrote, (laughs) to deem women witches. So he would keep them awake for several days until they entered delirium and would Mm. confess. Let's talk about what the term lady prickers means. Uh, It was a scam.
1: Please, because I'm just picturing, like, a 50s gang of greasers with, like, some leather jackets that say lady prickers. It's not much better. So Mm -hmm.
0: basically, you know, there was the rule, and I talked, Susan Fair talked about this in American Witches, that... There would be witch marks, uh, mm-hmm. and in like certain, like a lot of the belief was that these witch marks didn't feel pain or they didn't bleed. Oh, right. So these sons of bitches would use retractable blades. It was a, it was a lie. The blade would just suck into the knife, and they'd be like, "Look, she doesn't bleed." I'm having a problem with this. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. This wasn't for moral purposes. He was killing people because he wanted to.
1: Sometimes in this like megalomaniac type of way, people can talk themselves into thinking that they're doing it for good reason. However, if you're going that far, no,
0: because because you enjoy it. Yeah, they would like lie because at the same time too, the more witches they got, the more money a town was going to pay them. And so yeah, they would use retractable blades and like stab, and the blade would suck into the handle. Oh look she does not bleed you know and then she's killed are you kidding me And can you imagine
1: being the woman or the person that they do this to Uh, it's and knowing what just happened and being like i can't i can there's nothing and no one's gonna
0: believe you nothing i can do i mean that
1: uh, i'm gonna uh, die a horrible death just because someone
0: thinks i should
1: and at that time they don't know now what we know they don't know that it's ever gonna be found out no
0: it's horrible God. it's really a nightmare
1: that's that's some ghost potion right there i know. to go to your death thinking that shit. i know Man. it's just awful
0: but his his favorite Ugh, you was had the a, duck he had test favorite oh mm. okay tell us about that yeah i hate this thing so he loved the swimming test uh he would bind their hands and feet sometimes tie them to a chair and and just throw them in the pond <laughs> And it's this, the thing we all know that if they died, they were innocent. And if they lived, they were a witch. You know, It's the absolute dumbest th- theory in the universe. So how does... Okay,
1: one thing I don't understand about that method is how is it not disproven? Because they all die, right? Like, I mean, they all sink and die. So does everybody just go, oh, I guess they weren't a witch. At what point... I guess if you get out of your bonds Yeah, and well, swim... and there's a
0: story in the episode, and I don't remember her name, and I would actually really like to talk about her life because it's crazy. Uh, a young woman actually did survive one of his tests and she was captured again and imprisoned, but I think she maybe wound up surviving. Like, she was able to get out of her bonds. I know who you're talking about. They've th- based
1: story, Like, they, like, there's, of course, it's been blown out, but now yeah. they, like they set her on fire and she, like, got yeah. away from oh, it like, sure, and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, but she, I
0: didn't, that's cool. That's what I'm She like wound up able to wriggle out of yeah. her bonds. Well, she was a witch. Yeah, you know? <laughs> she used magic to free herself from these ties. He and this stupid band of heathens are, like, believed to be responsible—hold on to your chair—to the deaths of 300 <laughs> women Shit. in two years. In two years? From 1944 to 1946.
1: How do you—being a pious man, or at least wanting people to think that—how do you sleep? I, I think you— well, I mean, I guess you're full of fully love, it. with a heart on. You, you love it. Yeah.
0: It's—he was proud, so— he made, it's believed, a thousand pounds off the murders. Okay. Mm. And like the average salary at this time was like 10. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. He was making a ton of money. I wonder what that
1: works out to. That had to be like millions. Oh, shit. Right? right? Of money. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: convert it here in a bit. Fuck. He published his book called The Discovery of Witches, which basically was like a hand guide to witch hunting. So he, like, published a manual. So you
1: can do this at home. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And, like, what his procedure was. During the reign of Matthew Hopkins, let's talk about how this happened. Because it's, like, I know, you know, everybody knows about, like, the witch trials and things like that. But it's, like, this one is exceptional because this is, there was no reason. You know, Mm. because even in a lot of your, like, witch trial towns you hear, like, there's always, like, one person who, like, stopped it or something happened. You know, and it's, like, there was no reason reason here there was no um pushback yeah like it just that this was allowed to happen Hmm. eventually though that kind of kicked in you know hopefully yeah but it's like he's still over there doing it. well if you (laughs) notice he has a pretty short reign of power only two years well i mean it was enough to kill three it was but he got greedy you Uh know so so during his reign england was in like a super tumultuous state economic depression extreme poverty uh religious fightings, So, you know, the Puritans were pissed at the Catholics mm-hmm. and like basically everyone else who wasn't Puritan. And the looming threat of like civil war had people super uneasy, super mm. paranoid, and they wanted somebody to blame. So going all the way back from 1542 is kind of when this began. So remember, we're now in 1647. But in 1542, King Henry the Eighth swell guy um he introduced and i love the name of this bill buckle up for this name he introduced the bill against conjuration and witchcrafts and sorcery and enchantments (laughs) this was the first of several different (laughs) witchcraft laws that were passed for the next several years uh by different rulers Mm. like i mean it's just like that was but that's like the one that kind of started it all um so demonology wait can you hit me with that name oh i would love to hit you with it again (laughs) Bill against conjuration and witchcrafts and sorcery and enchantments. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're just like afterthoughts. Yeah, just like, oh, oh, wait, and enchantments. (laughs) Gotta cover all the bases. Oh, shit. So, demonology, however, (laughs) it was violent and threatening. So, it talked about wanting to destroy. Mm -hmm. And that was, again... Published by the king. Jesus Christ. The ruler, like, of... So that didn't help either, you know? Like, that is what got distributed everywhere and was like, everybody had read it because the goddamn king wrote it. By 1648, things kind of began to calm down. While it wasn't like the end of the witch trials, as we know, the widespread, like, panic started to let up, as did, like, the political climate. So Mm. things started to kind of smooth down. Therefore, the people smoothed down a little bit. That's, um, that's bad for business i'm telling you people were starting to realize that matthew hopkins was not all good it's somebody finally went well uh, cer- yeah certain people were starting to speak up like there was an earl that came out that was like look you're just killing people for money well he was a witch you know and that finally came out his death is actually kind of a mystery. There's a lot of people who say that he, or like, you know, like a story circulated that he died in a dunking test, like accused as a witch. Would there be so much justice? No, in I know. That? Like the theory, though, is that he actually might have like died to like of like something like tuberculosis. Mm. But he died in 1647, so he died like at the end, like at the right end. So basically, yeah, he huh. did it until he died. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, he died August 12th, or he was buried August 12th, 1647. It can be found on, uh, huh. on like, burial notes. But that's, that's the story of Matthew Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. A name he fucking picked. That he picked. I have feelings. I know, I know. It's just, like, I actually want to, like, cut these pages out of my book and burn them. <laughs> but it, like it's, not
1: have that shit yeah it's just like are
0: you kidding me
1: it, it amazes me and still to this day i mean not to you know we're not a political podcast now but it amazes me what you can kind of get away with under the under the ruse of being pious yeah i mean yeah what you can do under the name of god
0: oh really
1: yeah. stretches a little far yeah
0: yeah you can bend those roles. even fucking
1: a lot worse can you imagine if some dude like today was like i'm killing witches and he killed 300 people that yeah. would be
0: like legally y-
1: y- you couldn't do that that guy
0: would go to jail and yeah he- but at the beginning you know and even the middle part of his whole business he was looked as a like a basically a cleaning crew how scared would you
1: be if you lived in one of these towns and you knew like you knew you were kind of an outcast yeah I For would, whatever reason. I'd pack up and... I would try to. At least. Yeah,
0: if you had a chance.
1: I'd go to the one of the towns he already cleared through.
0: Yeah. And be like, I have a new lady in town. And you know, I might be looking too deep into this, but it kind of pissed me off because I was reading a bunch of, like, academic papers and shit like that to, that people have written about him. Yeah. Nobody was saying he did this because he liked to kill. They were mm-hmm. all like, uh, he was just overly like moral or like his religion it's like no i don't buy that for a second y'all need to tell the truth yeah y'all need to say that this was someone who killed for fun
1: to to me anyway and i'm could be completely off here but if you're doing this in a way to represent your morality you don't torture you know what i mean you don't torture and
0: you also don't lie to the point to where like the one thing you use to have these women killed is a retractable blade right exactly you know it's like no you're doing this because you enjoy it yeah and you know things like that are still happening in certain parts of the world Mm -hmm. you know it's just we're so far removed from it now fortunately yeah we have the luxury of looking back on it and being like that's ridiculous but um wow yeah that was a good one yeah i enjoyed that I feel like you're going to bring up the mood a little bit.
1: I don't know. I got a little bit of a weird story. Oh. It's not a downer. If anything, it's very – it's reaffirmed my faith in communication with – other things so we've both had experiences like that, Isn't I, that interesting? you know it, it's again it's that time of the year where we can shake hands and kind of both... yeah
0: it's like that middle ground we're
1: not a hundred percent happy yeah we're kind of 75 yeah. maybe or before we go any further
0: oh yeah i know i was so excited to tell my story i just like balls to the wall. it patrie Oh. <laughs> Say. I feel better. That was massive. <laughs> anyway, that's dedicated to Amber B. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. <laughs> so thank
1: you, Amber B. Amber B. Please don't do the end. <laughs> thank you. I don't know how to resume. <laughs> So I want <laughs> I wanna talk about the magic of mirrors.
0: But not scrying.
1: Not scrying. Okay. And not the more spooky side. Yeah. Because there's a lot of shit oh. that comes with mirrors. Oh yeah. And I think that's something that we just instinctually know. Yes. As people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, and horror movies don't help.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, but I think it's because... Yeah, it's like a human trait of, like, an uneasiness.
1: Something, yeah. Um, but it's not all bad. No. And some of it is quite good and very interesting. So I want to dive into kind of a more cheery side of how you can use mirrors in your practice. Okay. I didn't know this when I picked this. This is actually a little old school. Okay. mirror Mirrors and their uses in magic is a little dated. I can see that. Yeah. And it's reserved for kind of more specific parts oh? of practice. I want to talk about what got me on this. Okay. This has been a long time coming because it's been, Mace, how long has it been since we received this gift? A month in the and, main, and a half ago? Month two and months al- ago, yeah. maybe? Yeah. One of our wonderful, lovely coven members, a Miss Amanda, sent us a wonderful gift, uh, but also, like, a, a great letter. She wrote a letter. It was and very... She sent some bath salts. Oh, my God. And,
0: I opened it at work. I opened do you
1: it. get like a kick out of opening? I like... do. Yeah, <laughs> I really
0: do because our our listeners send us some very interesting things, like, yeah, like immensely interesting. And you going to open
1: just... it in front of these non pagans. Yeah, and see I'll like, open it like... at
0: work, and it's really fun. But I pulled out, I pulled out this item, and I, Charlie, I cannot even explain to you. Mm. I inherently, I picked it up and it was like. This is Charlie's. Like, I, it just, I knew that. And, like, I just knew it immediately. And that's what you said. You wrote me, we got the coolest letter today,
1: look at this. But there's something else. Yeah. And that's it, immediately off the bat. You were like, I held it and I knew it was yours. Yeah. And I'm talking about a beautiful. Oh, it's stunning. A hand mirror. And kind of a large. Yeah. A, a large hand mirror. Silver. And in, in her letter, in Amanda's letter, she sent this this mirror and she explained that she was... Cleaning out,
0: yeah, like her grandfather's house, right? And she found this mirror. She named it Victoria, and mm-hmm. she said it had, she felt it had a female energy, mm-hmm. Um, but also you know mainly too, because it's Victorian. Mm-hmm. It is so on the back. It's like Cupid or some yeah, there's, cherub, there's a, cherub. There's a little cherub, cherub on the back, yeah. and and like with a a quiver of arrows, mm-hmm. you know. And it is immaculate,
1: and it's got this beautiful patina. And she she kind of. She said she buffed it up mm. and cleaned it up, but it's got this wonderful patina on it. And um, and she found it. And she said, I just, I felt like it didn't belong to me. Mm. And she said, maybe you guys will. And, and I think that's one of those things that just happens. Mm. You know, you find it in your, it just happens. It finds its way into the mm. right place. And it's like the ring of power. It, yeah. it's going got to. It'll it, use people to get to where it needs to go. It wants to be found. Mm-hmm. So I came over and. And. Laid eyes on this mirror and this whole journey with this thing, and, and I want to address again how long this has taken to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming. I've had experiences, and I needed the words mm-hmm. to put together. um But the first thing I noticed about this little little hand mirror is how strange, just how strange that that something you can look at it and have that feeling of like I'm going to sit with you.
0: Yeah, and, and it's just come into your life. Yeah, you know this object,
1: and here it is, and it's looking at me. <laughs> And it feels very much like it's, it's looking at you. It
0: felt, yeah, it felt sentient and to hold.
1: you're like, oh, I just, this is right. You know mm. when something just feels right and it's almost off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took her home and I put her on my altar. What I had found was, is I owned this thing for about a week and I could not remember once looking into the mirror and seeing myself. Interesting. And I was like, oh, that's strange. And I picked it up and I handled it. And I looked at the back and I looked at the little sheriff and I put it down. And and like another week or so goes by and I'm like, I don't think I've seen my face reflected mm-hmm. in this thing. And that happened several times times and i really don't know what that's about
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it was almost like um you had to like approach her i mean yeah and i'm sure i looked into the Mm -hmm. mirror like i think i got it and like immediately looked into it but i could not recall Mm -hmm. seeing myself in this mirror so i sat down and you know i ran my fingers and and on the back i'll put pictures up but on the back there's almost like little pinholes Mm -hmm. in a couple of spots i don't know what happened but i i got to there and just kind of hung out there and I was just feeling this vibrating energy mm. that's happening. And when you ta- – tie, if you've ever tapped into like an, an object. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's talking to me but almost like in a way you can't understand if that makes sense. Like you're sitting there and I'm picking on – I'm picking something up mm-hmm. but I don't know what it's saying. Oh, yeah. You know? And I, I'm not like hearing voices. I know but what you mean. Yeah. It's just – it's hard to decipher. And I flipped it over and I looked in the mirror and I just saw my eye. Like, I, even in my memory, I can't even remember anything, but I saw my eyes. Mm. I have a feeling that it's just going to, like, kind of build out from there.
0: I bet it will. You know? The and... more that you get to learn... And how its energy works.
1: And, and it's the strangest It's the strangest thing how y- you almost don't see what, if you've garnered any information. You don't see if you've earned any trust or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're doing when you sit down until you picture it in your mind's mm-hmm. eye. Um, but there's a lot going on there. And I think it's going to be something that I talk about as I kind of figure it out because I'm not the best at that kind of stuff because I have a very active imagination. Well,
0: it's like that's why – yeah. No. And that's why it takes me before I'm like done deciphering a meditation, mm-hmm. it takes me a couple days to sort out what did I imagine, what did I imagine and what did I not. And exactly. then it's like it just, it's like I take a while to fully recall what happened. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like because I do have an active imagination. And so it's like I have to put it all and be like, OK, this I know I didn't imagine mm-hmm. like I remember being out yeah you know it's a weird thing. oh i get it and yeah so i totally understand what you mean by that so because of all this
1: and and i'm sorry i don't have a more flushed out story for victoria but it's coming it's it's a story in progress but um
0: it's your yaksin
1: it's i mean man there's there's some stuff there and i was like i'm gonna talk about mirrors i'm gonna see what they hold and i'm not gonna really touch on the spooky stuff Maybe that'll be a spooky episode in the oh, future talking so about mirrors. So be one. But I wanted to to touch on the magic of mirrors, and what I've learned here really ties into how I'm going to approach Victoria or how I feel about her. And I have feelings, and we'll get to it. This, so again, this is about your everyday mundane mirror that you have up for decoration or you have up to check your outfits out. Which since I was a little kid, dude. You know when you put two mirrors facing each other and oh, it creates yeah, it that creates, thing? it creates
0: like an infinity. I
1: was like, there's something to that. Mm. There's something happening here. It
0: feels like it creates like a, um, like there's a beam that goes in between and both of them. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's shooting across. And it's like, I, I mean, I understand how mirrors work. I know what a reflection is. I'm not stupid. But you can't tell me there's not something yeah. happening there. It's like you
0: kind of break the laws of physics a little bit. I mean. It's like just creating like an <laughs> infinity loop right there.
1: So the mirror, in itself, it is tied to the moon. And it's tied to uh, water, which was interesting. And if you want to cleanse your mirror, it's best to use either one, one of these mediums. So you can leave it out in the moonlight or you can use any kind of blessed water, holy water, if you will. Maybe even like Florida water. Just give it a spritz. Uh,
0: I've read before that, some, like after you do. Remember that one that I talked about to where you use your mirror to suck up all the bad mm-hmm. energy and then you burn it in the sun? But just, just rinse, rinse it, it with, with
1: water. water. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of that is tied to the fact that water was the first mirror, you know? Yeah. Um interesting.
0: I didn't think it's like almost getting back to the roots.
1: Right. And it is said that water is the secret that will help unlock the powers of the mirror. Oh. Um, which was a beautiful little, little quote I, I like found. That. And I was like, I don't know what it means, but there's some <laughs> it's it's just like one of those vaguely witchy things yeah. that's like, oh, it's just that's just the way it is. Various entities, gods and goddesses are tied to the mirror. Uh, Aphrodite, Isis, Freya, and Hathor. Some of them even use their mirrors as powerful weapons. A lot of what I read about Aphrodite and her mirror was very a polarizing topic that some people think it's this vanity kind of thing that she had her mirror and she's you know she's all about love and beauty and that's obviously reflected and reflected in the mirror but she also used it as a fucking weapon
0: i like that which
1: um is so fucking cool so the planet venus the symbol for it is actually a circle with a little cross under it it actually represents that hand mirror of venus and aphrodite Wow! Yeah, that's so. Cool. That whole like female symbol mm. and stuff is the hand mirror that was rep- that they always had with them that's and very, would fight with. Very interesting. I thought that was so cool. All right, so getting into the the metaphys a little bit here. Mirrors uh, can be used to protect against evil. In fact, and this is just a funny little aside. In the 17th century in Europe, it became very popular to wear little mirrors like on your hats. I love it. Or like on just a little part of your body. Little mirrors became a fashion accessory because they were like charms Mm -hmm. to ward off evil and stuff like that. But fancy haberdasheries would just have these hats with like mirrors stuck in. (laughs) I can just see like very posh Mm -hmm. Europeans in this time just having their mirror. Oh, have you seen my new mirror? Yeah. Oh, oh, Um,
0: God. (laughs) Did you see so-and-so's new mirror? mirror? Oh, my goodness she doesn't even have a mirror i know they can't really afford that mirror
1: (laughs) i heard she had to take out a loan for that mirror Mm -hmm. i feel like it would be fun as hell to gossip with some like 17th century like women (laughs) um, oh you know it (laughs) all right so the whole thing with mirrors, everything that you can talk about them with is, is it boils down to one basic truth they direct energy and it also absorbs it's something that stores energy so well much like a like a crystal almost mm-hmm. negative actions performed repeatedly in a mirror such as negative self talk i mean think about when you're getting ready in the morning and you sit down those big magnifying mirrors that you cannot look into
0: oh if you do it's game over they, you're there for hours they
1: make you they make everyone feel like shit
0: yeah i mean i see every blackhead every pore every like,
1: bloodshot capital broken capillary yeah, like, it's horrible or even in the way when you like i guess maybe put on your make you do your hair whatever kind of poke and prod at yourself and just oh i wish this was tighter and just that negative or not great self-talk that we do can be absorbed Mm -hmm. by this mirror and then reflected out on you. You're doing this negative self-talk, but you're kind of setting a precedence for every time you sit in front of this mirror, it's radiating back this energy of this is a This is the place where you sit and you judge yourself. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. That's really interesting that you say that because that kind of lines up. Okay. So I have this weird thing and and I'm sure a lot of people do this also to where it's like a certain mirror that I'll look in. It's like, I don't truly it's dysmorphia. You know, But I've discovered something. And it's like this weird hack, for lack of a better word, that I figured out how to do. So, like, in my bathroom, there's, like, a right corner, you know, and two mirrors. There's one on, like, a door and then one on the wall. Mm. And if the one on the door is angled a certain way, what you can see in that, you, like, I see myself as the world sees me Mm. because I'm not looking directly at me. Into a mirror. Yeah. Like a third person. Yeah. And it's like, I can break it. Yeah. And I can actually see myself... As I really look. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm looking in a mirror just like I was a moment ago, it's like I'm not getting the direct energy mm-hmm. of that mirror that thinks that I look this way because mm-hmm. I've told myself I do. It's looking at another mirror and it's like, I don't know what programming you're, I have you're for you are
1: bypassing yes, what you've set up. it really
0: looks like yeah. a different person. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds kind of nutty, but if I look in the other mirror, I don't look the same. Yeah. It's just really weird. No,
1: That's- and, and it, you could have, we'll get into this later, you can actually kind of charge your mirrors with certain intents and Picasso I think once said something like who sees us truly as we are the mirror or the painter Mm -hmm. something along those lines and that kind of reminds me of that is like who sees you the way you really are yeah all right so that's that's kind of the background on mirrors and what they can do and the whole underlying feeling about them so I love this idea of forgotten like forgotten magic and forgotten powers that the mirror has Mm -hmm. because it's kind of been it's been taken over by other things and other practices and I i've always just had this thing with mirror that they're very they feel powerful they feel important they feel important and they're almost like little they're almost like little portals and Mm -hmm. that kind of more into the spooky side of Mm -hmm. things that we'll get into one of these days um but it doesn't have to be a bad thing just because you know like the 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 runes and they're a channel they're same thing you know it's just a tool to kind of break down that peek behind that veil
0: a Mm -hmm. little bit
1: And there is the theory of if you do have this mirror that you have looked into it every day and you've thought horrible things about yourself, and I'm talking about extreme situations, you know, Mm -hmm. when almost like a disorder or even scrying for unknown purposes, Mm -hmm. when you don't sit down and you think I'm trying to do the specific thing when I'm scrying, if you're just kind of looking absent-mindedly at one particular mirror over and over again, it's said that it can kind of create a weak spot. It's recommended that if you do use mirrors for scrying that you switch them up from time to time. Okay, so in hoodoo belief, and you know, I love some hoodoo I belief. love some hoodoo. Okay. If you work any spell on top of a mirror, and this is something I'm going to start doing, if you work any spell on top of a mirror, the power will be increased. I like that. And I like this idea for doing, like, I, I like to mix up floor washes and, like, potiony things. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I like to work with, like, little herbs and stuff like that. And I think that that's a physical you can manipulate these things physically Mm -hmm. to kind of gather a little bit of that energy. So I like the idea of having just a little mirrored table. It's like a little bit,
0: it's like a little piece of the veil gets in. Right. Yeah.
1: It's just something a little special about it that you can't, I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Also in hoodoo tradition to protect someone. And this is fucking interesting. If you want to protect someone or even yourself, you can place their name in between two outward facing mirrors. That makes sense. Right? Me. Yeah. Exactly. On the other hand, if you want to block someone, you can place their name in the middle of two inwards. It almost feels like you're there. just like putting a spotlight on them. it. It feels like, like a. If
0: something is always aware of them and knows what they're up to so you can protect yourself. It feels like a that. freeze almost. Yeah.
1: Just kind of like, I gotcha, bitch. Yeah. Mirrors may help in astral projection. I believe that. However, many witches do choose to cover up their mirrors if they are trying to like astrally project or even sometimes as they sleep. Because it is said that if you catch your own reflection during an astral projection, it's very jarring to see yourself like that. Do you even see your physical body or do you see your spirit?
0: Oh, that makes me nervous. Like it,
1: it jars you and it's not like nothing bad. At, like, you know, you're not going to get like caught or something. Right.
0: But I get, that's a very. But it,
1: it's jarring. And it said that it can be so jarring that it, it shoves you back into your material body. Okay. Uh, and a lot of the times. Which is they view sleeping as a gateway. Yes, I agree with that. You know? And so sometimes before you go to sleep, just cover up that mirror. mirror. Mirrors can dramatically shift the feeling of a room. And this to me is 100%. so apparent. Like yes. it's not even a witchy they thing. They like that's... room. Anything that is reflected in the mirror, physical or not, is said to be stored there. We talked about that a little earlier with your energy and your intent, right? But it's said to... Whatever a mirror sees, it copies and kind of stores in its energy. If you notice... That one of your rooms has like a funk and you've tried to smoke cleanse it and you've tried to blast it with energy and sound clearing and you've done like everything you can think of. I have a room in my house that feels kind of dark when you walk into it. It's a little stale, you know? And I, I work so hard. I'm constantly smoking the bitch up. I know
0: what you mean. And
1: I'm constantly doing sound clearing. And I'm It'll trying like, to... Get uh, a like, floor mirror. I You know what? And the thing is, is my vanity mirror is right across from our bed.
0: I have really
1: bad nightmares sometimes mm-hmm. that I wake up and I don't remember, but I'm just freaking out from
0: you've maybe had it there for too long
1: and that's what i'm thinking there might be something to it so i'm mm-hmm. gonna try this out and see what it does anyway because of this whole idea of the absorbing of the energy and the projecting it out we have one of the longest standing uh, superstitions about mirrors that carries on to this day and you might have heard this i think a lot of maybe it's like southern ladies because i've heard it a lot older southern ladies will say this you always want to have a big like a large mirror in your dining room that reflects the, the dinner table. Think about like in the eighties. Yeah. Any movie you watch, there's like a big mirror. Well there. think
0: about like even in Mad Men, you know, all of those dining rooms always had mirrors. A
1: mirrors. And I think it's again, it's the whole thing with the mirrors, it's kind of dying out, but that was a big thing. You needed that was just a part of the dining room. You needed a big mirror. And that comes from this idea that is really spectacular to me. If you reflect food in a mirror it is said that it actually transforms it into tangible edible food oh interesting for the other side or for the spirit realm and in this way you're not just theoretically leaving offerings but you're like making them happy you're You're giving them a good exactly you are you're nourishing them and it's like probably the first actual little bit of food they've had in a while and it's just like they left me chocolate on the altar I'm really appreciative. Yeah, and I'm, you know, but I'm fucking hungry. But I want to fucking eat it, which is just a cool little little thing. And it's also said that um, if you're reflecting food at your dinner table, it's gonna project a blessing of Mm. wealth into your home which makes sense if you're putting food on your table yeah. literally it's gonna project this want not. yeah s- sense into the house into the home thought that was one of those little lovely things i love that that yeah. we like to to talk just a little lovely thing uh and especially because mirrors are the subject of a lot of spooky gateway stories yeah yeah um it's good to hear the good it's good to hear the good and i'm not saying that those spooky things aren't out there i'm saying protect your mirrors Uh, i also saw something that you can draw sigils into the back of them Mm. so yeah that was that was lovely and i love the idea of transforming your food and kind of sending it to them and make it makes your offerings more nourishing and just all of these things they're so sweet and they're so nice It, it is also said that if you do the reflection of the food it will increase your blessings from the spirits because they're happier right like they're getting food this feels a little bit like a bribe I don't want to do that because I'm like, if I do this, maybe I'll no, it's, get something.
0: That's like, when I leave offerings to the woods, like I've been doing, it's thanking them yeah. for helping me get through this winter that it, happened. Yeah. You know, it feels weird being like, I'm leaving you this, so you'll give me this.
1: I've tried that before, because in the beginning, that's a lot of what you read is like, leave offerings for blessings. And I'm, but that's not how everybody thinks. And that's fine because everyone's relationship with their ancestors and with their spirits. is different. Just as it would be going to my mom's house. You know, I don't want to walk into my mom's house and be like, hey, Hey, I brought you this thing. Will you do this for me? Do do a thing for me. But some people have that relationship. Anywho, you can charge your mirror with the power of the sun. But no more than nine seconds. Yeah, that's what I read. It was like <laughs> no
0: more. My just to burn out the the negativity. Yeah, is like no more than seven seconds. Right. Or something. It's like no more. I feel.
1: I feel like I'd feel good at a good solid five. Yeah, five seconds. And um, I would like to encourage you to, if you are going to be using the sun to either burn out negative shit that you've scribed, or to charge it for your workings. God damn it! Hold it above your head and point it at the sun. Don't goddamn look in the mirror yeah, and burn your do eyeballs that. out. I've got some feng shui tips on mirrors. You know, I've
0: been thinking about feng shui the whole time you've been talking about this. Yeah. It's really been sinking in and like making elements of feng shui make sense. sense.
1: Mirrors are such a huge part Mm -hmm. of feng shui. And here's some, here's some interesting little tidbits if you're into this. And I think I am. Oh, I so am. I think if I were to sit down and like read about it, my house would change. Mm -hmm. Like I would just be like, can't put that there because of the spirits. I am constantly
0: changing things Mm -hmm.
1: in my house do not place two mirrors opposite each other as this indicates restlessness and the energy can get stuck between the two mirrors and they can't move on. So just as a reflection is bouncing back and forth, like the oh, energy, yeah, don't, they don't need to be facing just, each yeah, other. Yeah. yeah. Not two mirrors looking at each other, creating that weird fucking portal dimension. That no, I it does. About. It
0: feels like it, like, a, uh, like, you know, <laughs> you're like passed through a beam of almost energy. like a Hadron collider or something like just... that. Like it's just like a <laughs> beam of intense energy. And you just walk through it and your head just splits in half. Particularly permanently. I feel like that's just, it's like going to (laughs) dismantle and blow up.
1: It's a portal. Something's going to crawl through. Don't hang a mirror at the opposite of a door. So if you open your bedroom door you don't want to be looking directly into a mirror mm-hmm. because that is said to block energy from entering the room so kind of like what you do when you go through and you do your smoke cleansing and stuff and you draw your sigils mm-hmm. right if you had a mirror sitting at that door as soon as you open the door it's just blasting energy yeah. into the room a little bit of mirror lore as as we wrap up here We've all heard the the deal about don't break a mirror,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or it'll bring what is it seven years, seven of, bad years luck. of bad luck? Right, that comes to us from the Romans, as they have graciously given us a bunch of weird shit that we like somehow incorporate mm-hmm. into our daily lives. Uh, the Romans thought that every seven years life renewed itself, and I'm I'm kind of thinking of like the skin cell thing here. Yeah, they I say love that it. seven it, years you're basically a new person. A new person, yeah. But they thought in in life, and if you did certain things one of them being breaking a mirror but there was a hundred different things you could do it would just like sour the rest of your seven-year cycle right so that's how we get this thing that if we break a mirror we'll have seven years of bad luck and it's not even where it came from and i just thought that was so interesting and i'm so like intrigued by the romans and their weird patterns of thought that are like almost ocd yes like the way they about everything And I want to end on a quote.
0: I love it when you end on a quote.
1: And this is from a little actress by the name of Bonnie Langford. Mm. And she says, looking in the mirror is very strange. We see only what we choose to see, good or bad.
0: That's true. Very true.
1: Macy, roll that beautiful review footage. I'm
0: going to roll it. I'm going to roll in it. I'm going to roll in it. Mm. And this was posted by Unscripted. With two eyes. With two eyes. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yes. Uh, the title, all around, great show. Hey, hey. Good show. Good show. Old chap. I am so happy to have found this podcast. I'm a baby pagan <laughs> slash hedge witch, and this has really helped with all of my research. These girls have a perfect mix of information, entertainment, and comedy. Mm. Thank you, girls. Keep up the great work. P.S. Love the spooky shows. The spooky shows have gotten a lot of love. Oh, man. And boy, am I happy about it. Oh, <laughs> yes charlie thanks we have an email all right do you know what it
1: is partner Podcast yeah. at gmail.com at gmail.com i fucking blanked when you said do you know what yeah, it is
0: froze <laughs> we are also on instagram at witch Bitch amateur hour mm. find us there follow us there join the cult
1: <laughs> oops i mean coven oops
0: i mean coven <laughs> Uh, We are also on Twitter at
1: b b b bitch hour. Oh, I like that one. It was Porky Pig. B b b bitch
0: hour. Nice. That was the worst. Porky Pig. Oh, we are also on Facebook at which Amateur Hour. Very important to distinguish all of these from each other. Uh, We are on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash WBAHpodcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. For the consideration. Y'all are allowing us to uh, put together some really fun things. Oh. That will be coming real soon. Oh, yeah. That's all of it. All of it. We have nothing left.
1: Our episode time came and dashed. This has been the WBH Podcast. Mm. Dashed doesn't really rhyme with. It reminds me of Dasher.